0: Welcome to Souls Harbors Weekly Podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. If you have your Bibles this morning, my plan is to finish up this week and maybe next week this series through out of Philippians. Uh, I, I want to finish this up, and I've, I've been praying this uh, God, where do you want me to go next? I got a couple ideas. Um, we'll, we'll see. I haven't quite hit the place where I'm just absolutely there. Um, but I want to preach this morning again out of the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, the, the, the book of Philippians. Uh, last week, I talked about the blessing of helping yourself. You know, there are, it is important we help ourselves. We have a piece in this thing. Um, I preached a good bit about we are a, a work in progress, and this week I want to preach uh, this message of knowledge, discernment, and change. We are all a work in progress, and last week I, I touched on that. We look at Philippians one six, and we see Paul said to the church there, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. That idea, we're a work in progress. I've also spent some time sharing, and I hope this is sticking with you that it is God that does the work in you. You're not going to fix yourself. You are never going to fix yourself. None of us have the capacity to make ourselves righteous or holy or any of those things. It is God who works in us. We see that in Philippians 2.13. It's God. He says specifically, it is God who works in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. However, what I, I spent last week looking at was he won't do it by himself. He does have something that he expects us to do. He's still the one that does the work, but he asks us to put ourselves in a place where he can work in us. He won't do it alone. saw in verse 9, Paul said, And it is my prayer that your love may abound, or you may add to your love more and more knowledge and discernment. And and love is necessary. Listen, you're not going to make it to heaven unless you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That is a reality. And and I'll go further than that. The second commandment is, is this, love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't treat your neighbor, love your neighbor, treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated, then you're going to have a hard time standing before Jesus on Judgment Day and that that's a truth that right there I could stop and we could go home and we've gained something today because I see too many of God's people struggle with that reality love your neighbor as yourself love is necessary but we're told that love is not sufficient in that in that Paul said you need to add to your love knowledge and discernment love is necessary but it's not sufficient we have to add those things to our love if we're going to stand before God one day and look him be able to look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Those are things we have to have. And where I want to go this morning, I want, to, I want to continue on with this thought a little bit. I just did not have time last week to preach everything I felt like God had given me to preach about this whole idea of knowledge and discernment. Um, so, Pastor Barry, what are you talking about? I need to memorize John 3.16? Well, that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, John 3.16 is definitely one of those verses that's worth putting in your head forever. Um, there's a lot of those verses, but I, I'm talking more generally about this, and I believe Paul was as well. We need to add to our love knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge of what? Knowledge of God. Knowledge of His righteousness. And I, I say it this way nowadays, of His rightness. Because we don't really use the word righteous most Those of you that have been around the church for a while and around Christianity for a while get what righteous means, but you say it to the average person, they're going to look at you like, huh? It is God's rightness, God's God's understanding of what it is to live right, to live according to His will, His plan, His word. Call it rightness, call it righteousness, call it what you will, but knowledge of what that means. And and how many people do we see today that think they're living right with God and you look at their lifestyle, and and I know somebody's going to quote to me, Pastor Barry, the Word of God says, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, it does say that. It also goes on to say that the reason for that is to the level you're going to judge somebody else, you will be judged yourself. You will be held accountable. So it's not that we don't pass judgment or make judgment on what is right and what is wrong, what is holy and what is unholy. It's that we don't do it in a hypocritical way. Right? I've had this conversation with some young parents before, you know, that feel drinking, social drinking's okay. Don't know where you all fall on that. Not asking. Don't need hands. And I said, you know, you you have a young child and you're teaching them that social drinking is okay, one of these days they're going to come to you and say, Mom, Dad, marijuana has been legalized. What's the problem? You have a real hard time giving them a good answer. Judge not that you be not judged. Is Don't judge hypocritically. Hold yourself to the same standard you expect other people to be held to. Knowledge of God, knowledge of His rightness, knowledge of His character knowledge of His expectations, knowledge of His will, knowledge of who God is. Some people have this idea, and and maybe this is subtly a part of your view of God. Some people see God as the Old Testament persona of, of God, as an angry God. Some people see God as this angry deity that is sitting in heaven with a big hammer ready to smash them to pieces as soon as they make some small mistake. And and they live their life that way, and it has an impact on how they live their life because they live in fear. That's not right knowledge of who God is. Some people have an idea of God, they've got knowledge of God, but their knowledge of God as father is based on their knowledge of their earthly father who may have been pretty dysfunctional. I've watched people struggle with their idea of who God is because of who their father their earthly father was. Paul says love is necessary, but you've got to add to love knowledge, knowledge of the character of God, knowledge of the holiness of God. I've known and you all have known these people as well that in, in their world God is you ever watched the old 1970s show I Dream of Genie? You ever read Aladdin? You ever, when you were a kid, wish you you had that magic genie bottle? You could just rub it and come out and get three wishes. You all know how to play that game, right? You wish for the first wish, you wish for the second wish, and the third wish is you wish for indefinite wishes, right? Y'all know. I know you thought this through. Every every kid did. Some people see God as that genie. All I gotta do is rub the bottle. All I gotta do is pray the right prayer. All I gotta do is say in Jesus' name and. He's going to give me anything and everything I ask for. That's not good knowledge of God. That's not a good understanding of who He is and His character. He's a good Father. He's not a dysfunctional Father. He's not a wrathful God, an angry God. He's a God that loves to bless and give his His kids good things, but the good things that He gives us, He knows. He's wise enough. He's a wise enough Father to know that some things that we ask for, He needs to say yes, and some things we ask for, He needs to say no. He's not a genie in a bottle to be used and abused. See, we need to have knowledge of who God is. And, and listen to me, that knowledge comes from the Word of God. It also comes from spending time with Him. I learned who my dad was not by reading any book that he wrote, but I learned who my dad was, my physical, biological, earthly dad, by spending time with him, right? Time in his presence. I I learned the things that he loved. I was just talking with somebody before church. He loved IU basketball. He lived and breathed. It was Jim. He lived, I saw the IU mask. He lived and breathed IU basketball, and he was such a supporter of Bobby Knight. I knew knew that. I, I learned that because, because I learned you dare not say anything against Bobby Knight. Because <laughs> there was God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, uh, and the Holy Spirit, and then Bobby in his world. We learn who our Father is by the Word of God, but also by spending time with Him. We learn that He's a righteous God, and I I really fear for a lot of people that, uh, I'm not even going to challenge their Christianity, there are Christians that have this idea that God, can I just, can I say it this way? I'll probably get in trouble. They've got this idea that God is politically correct and woke. You take that where you choose to take it, okay? God is about justice, so to the extent woke means just, okay, I'll be with you there, but so much of the stuff that gets thrown out there today, hmm. There for a while. He made a man and woman. He took the two and made them one forever. That's not very politically correct nowadays. But that's God's righteousness. And I fear for a lot of God's people who, in that way, and a lot of other ways in this day and age, they don't have knowledge of God's rightness, but they think they they think they do. Word of God. They, we, we've got to know God is a God of righteousness. God is a God of mercy. God is a God full of grace and patience. Anybody here deserve your salvation? I certainly do not. Anybody here got the perfection thing down? I certainly do not. I'm um, I'm a work in progress. Some days I get up and I go through the day and I come to the end of the day and I feel pretty good. God, I'm 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 really well on my way. I'm feeling good today. It's a good day. And then tomorrow comes. It's like, oh God, I'm a mess. I'm so glad you're a God of mercy and grace and patience. But we also have those that their knowledge of God is. It stops with mercy and grace and patience, and they don't realize that this God of mercy and grace and patience—that they don't realize that folks, listen to me—patience does have an end. At the end of patience is justice. God's also a just God. See, we're told that we've got—we've love. We've, love is necessary, but it's not sufficient. We've got to add to love knowledge knowledge of god knowledge of who he is knowledge of his character but then also we've got to add to that discernment as to how the knowledge we have impacts and affects our lives knowledge and discernment is something that requires work anybody here like work yeah some of you do i i would put it this way i like certain kinds of work. And, and I'm guessing you're all kind of that way. Y'all have work you hate. Uh, vacuuming floors, I hate. I would just as soon take a beating. I, I don't like vacuum. I don't like the sound. My wife will tell you. My wife does not like putting groceries away. She She's told me that. She said, I just, I don't know why. I just hate putting groceries away. And that works out really well because I don't like going to Walmart and buying them. She goes and buys them and brings them home, and I help her carry them in, and I help her put them away. She she does put them away, but she doesn't like it. It doesn't bother me because this is the way I look at it. Every time I get something to put away, I can get a handful. (laughs) I'm a snacker. When I cook, I snack. When I put groceries away, I snack. It's like, all right, me and Charlie, our little dog, we get excited when Ruthie comes home from buying groceries because we know, man, he knows there's going to be a treat for him, and I know I'm going to have some treats too because there's going to be some good stuff in there. It's time for snacks. I like that kind of work. We all got, we all, we all got work we like, but we all, and we all got work we don't like. But listen to me, gaining knowledge and gaining discernment is work. And, and I'm, you know, we got a lot of people today that have kind of become allergic to work especially the hard work kind. Driving me crazy. This is one of those government things that drives me crazy. I I hear those that are far out on the left talk about this whole idea of universal basic income. I I, I hear them talk about this whole modern monetary theory thing. I I, I hear, I just was reading it this morning as I looked through the news clips. Um, Pay everybody's college bill off. $10,000, $10,000, I think the push is now for $50,000 of college. Just, just wipe it out. Income equality. We've come to a day where a lot of people, they don't like work, especially of the hard kind. And because I'm thinking to myself, am I really owed a universally basic income? I'm, I mean, is it really owed to me? Especially if I have to get into Joe's pocket to get it? Or your pocket to get it? You know what I'm owed? I'm gonna get political here for a second. You know what I'm owed? What what I, I would like to think as an American, and what I would like to think is as a conservative and as a Christian, I'm owed, I'm owed an opportunity. I'm owed an opportunity to get a job. I'm owed an opportunity to be able to get an education. I'm owed an opportunity. I'm owed an opportunity to move myself forward and do better for my family. I I, I like those things. I think those are good American foundational things. But I'm not sure some of the other things that we're told we're owed were really owed. It's just we've lost we've lost the love for hard work. I graduated from my. my first attempt, my first go through college, was an attempt. I graduated in 1986. Can I go on a little rabbit trail here for a minute? I, I mean, it's it's thought through. This is actually part of my sermon, but it's a little bit of a rabbit trail. I, I maybe this is for somebody. I was really sitting this morning going through this, and I I, I just it came to my mind. And I, when those things happen, I like to think maybe God's behind it for somebody. In 1986, I graduated from ITT Tech with an associate's degree in architectural engineering. I wanted to be an architect. I think, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think I paid, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you guys some numbers this morning. It's far enough back in my history. I don't usually share a lot of personal financial stuff, but I think I paid almost $20,000 for that two year associate's degree, which today, you know, that would be like, wow, that's, that's dirt cheap. Well, trust me back then, that wasn't dirt cheap. That was a lot of money. I worked four hours a day at a part-time job to pay off as much of that as I could. I lived at home in Napanee and drove two and a half hours round trip to get to my classes five days a week because it was cheaper and I didn't have to fund housing that way. I got every grant I could possibly get, and I still ended up borrowing $10,000 for this loan, school loan, to get this degree. Halfway through it, I realized the guy that had came and sat at my table in my kitchen lied to me I asked him specifically point blank without any I mean there was no I just point blank with this degree can I transfer this into another college and he didn't give me he didn't give me an absolutely I'm sure yes he gave me a hedge and I accepted the hedge okay I, I said will this be will this allow me to become an architect because I had this dream of being an architect and he said Again, he didn't give me a direct yes or no. He gave me a hedge and I accepted the hedge. You know why I did that? I knew to ask the questions. I didn't have the knowledge to push a little deeper and go a little further. I had the knowledge to ask the question. I didn't have the knowledge to ask the right person the question. I asked the salesman. Halfway through my first, halfway through college, halfway through the end of year one, I realized what I had done. I realized what I was into, and I had a choice. Do I walk away from this and go do something else, or do I go ahead and see it through and, 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 and complete it? And I made the choice at that point. Ruth and I had just gotten married. I made the choice. I'm going to go ahead and see it through, get the degree. At least I'll get a job out of this and learn from the mistake. I got my first job coming out of ITT as, as a, a, a draftsman uh, working up in Elkhart in the modular industry. And uh, I started at $7.25 an hour, which was $2 an hour more than I had been making, putting roofs on houses and pouring basements. And then the second year I was making pizzas, working for a pizza place. It was a raise. It was $2.20 more an hour. And man, it felt good. Still wasn't a whole lot above minimum wage, but it felt good. Ruthie and I had a $10,000 school loan debt we had to pay. I never once in all that time thought about Defaulting on it, I never once in all that time thought about somebody else having to pay it. I never even thought it as an option. I should go and sue ITT because the guy lied to me, or at least hedged really well. You know why? Because, this, okay. So here's here's the connection to the sermon this morning. Because my 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 understanding of how life works was built around my knowledge of the Word of God and my my discernment how I apply that knowledge impacted that situation. I signed the paper, I'm responsible. I made the mistake, I need to fix it. I owe a debt, I'm going to pay it. And we spent the next 10 years paying $90.26 or something like that, which I know today people be like, man, I wish I had that school payment. $9 and whatever it was for 10 years till that ridiculous, stupid loan was paid off. Because my understanding of the Word of God impacted and gave me the discernment that this is how a follower of Christ handles this. Hard work. You do what you got to do. Listen to me. It impacted. Hear me on this. It impacted my life. It impacted my family. It set us back. That money we put on that. It, it slowed down my progression. It kept me from becoming an architect, kept me from getting that four-year degree that I wanted, kept me from making big money. You know what else it did? It taught me a lesson, a lesson that I've never forgot. It taught me the lesson that it's, not, it's important not to just know what you know, but you need to know who to ask. You need to push a little deeper. You need to push on further through. It made a difference in my life in that it cost me money. I got, I got into my first job, and I realized, huh, I could have gone and got the same degree for $4,000 at Ivy Tech. Which was only thirty minutes away from where I lived. You don't think that hurts? It's like, man, really. I learned a lesson. It was a it was a twenty thousand versus it was a sixteen thousand dollar lesson. I learned a lesson that I have never forgot to this day. So so hear me on this, okay? Both of my boys have heard this story multiple times. I don't remember having the conversation with Matt, who went through technical technical kind of college training to become a plumber and, and then an AC, HVAC guy. I remember specifically having it with Austin, who wanted to go to college and wanted to go to Bible college. And I said, Austin, if that time felt called to the ministry, I said, if you feel that call, you go for it and you pray about it and you do what you need to do. But you need to think about this. If you really... If you really feel a call to be a youth pastor, which he said he did at that time, do you want to come out of school with $40,000, dollars $60,000 in debt and go get a, a job as a youth pastor somewhere where you're going to make maybe twenty dollars or $30,000 a year? That math doesn't work very well. My mistake, my screw-up, my problem, the thing that impacted my life in a negative way ended up directing every decision I've made since then in a positive way. It impacted my kids, and I promise you one day this story, my grandkids will hear it. You understand what I'm saying this morning. We, it, it, God, Paul said, you've got to add to your love, knowledge, and discernment. And I'm telling you this morning, there is nothing that you come up against in life that God's word will not speak to if you will have the knowledge and apply it to the situation. It, it will impact how you speak to your spouse. It will impact how you discipline your kids. It will impact how you handle the jerk of a boss at work. It will impact what time you get up and what time you get to work. It will impact how hard you work when you're there. It will impact whether you're satisfied with where you stand in life or you are driven to do more for the kingdom. It will impact every piece and every part of your life. This thing of grabbing knowledge is not about memorizing John 3.16, although I think memorizing John 3.16 is a really good thing. It's about taking the knowledge that is in the Word of God and discerning how it applies to every piece and every part of my life. God is not just about church on Sunday. He is not just about my spiritual being, although He's very much about my spiritual being. He's about all of my being. I'm not a spiritual person and a physical purpose person, and Jesus cares about the spiritual, and, and the physical is going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. Jesus cares about all of my being, every piece and part of my life. And the Word of God and time with Him will inform all of those hard choices and hard decisions. Paul says you you need to add to your love knowledge and discernment. And it requires hard work, my friends. Hard work. I was thinking this morning, I was doing the the hours math in my head uh, as I was getting ready to come in. I would spend four hours at work. I would drive two and a half hours. I would spend four hours in class, so that's ten and a half hours. And then I'd usually have an hour or two, usually an hour or so of study, uh, a lot of nights I I would. So I was putting in 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 12 hour days, just about every day a week for two years in order to be able to keep that loan to where I kept it and to be able to gain the knowledge to do the job that I gained. Gaining knowledge is hard work. And it's I'm 55 years old, folks, and it's still it, it hasn't stopped. I still get up at 4 and 4.30 in the morning because I want to gain knowledge, gain knowledge about God, knowledge about the things of God, and knowledge about life. I, I've learned this. I, I, I think in this last year, God has showed me something that, that I guess I always knew, and it's, it's just impacted me different ways. You know, I, despite what I knew in my head, I've always almost had that sense that, you know, God's given me certain interest in things that aren't, quote, spiritual. I, I think the thing God is teaching me is that everything's spiritual. Everything, every interest he's given me is for the glory of God. I I love things like I I just God put me together weird. You all know I've talked about math. I love math. I even brought my math books in last week. I love math. I enjoy finance and economics. I like I I like politics when it doesn't make me want to shoot somebody, um, which anymore is not very often. So I don't read, I don't follow politics so close anymore. I love science and physics and all of those things. Can be used for the glory of God. What do you like? What drives you? what What are you passionate about? What do you do? Not just for a living, but what do you do for fun? What do you do? Gary back there, appreciate that guy, man. He comes and plows our snow. He he is one of a couple people I know that prays every year for snow. And I know that, so I fast and pray against that. <laughs> but he won this last week. He won big time. He 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 won that one. He gets excited about plowing snow. Do you know plowing snow, if that's your passion and you love doing it, is a spiritual thing that's done for the glory of God? John, who's here with us, and don't y'all look at him. I probably shouldn't call somebody out that I don't know that well. Loves to work with wood. He and I got that in, in, in common. We talked a little bit about it. That, that is a passion that is a spiritual thing for the glory of God he works in the construction industry it's a passion for the glory of god whatever it is you do see this thing of passion and knowledge and doing it for the glory of god is just not about you know being able to play the keyboard in church or the drums in church or being standing up and preaching or teaching everything we do in every hour of every day is for the glory of god do you understand what i'm saying the knowledge that you gain isn't just, I've got to gain Bible knowledge. It's gain, it, I mean, we need to have knowledge of the Word of God, but knowledge in my field, knowledge in my areas of expertise, knowledge in my areas of interest and passion, but then also that discernment to know how does that knowledge now apply to bringing the kingdom of God into this world. The Lord's Prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Whatever it is you do, we're working in a hospital, Ginger, uh, working for the Department of Indot, right? Yeah, uh, um, I, I thought I had that right. Wh- whatever it is, Joe, we're working construction. You know, um, Sh- Cheryl, it is working in a law firm, right? Scotty, it's working for a company that fixes Apple's stuff. Not the little red things, but the iPads and computers. Well, till, yeah, till he quit to move to Springfield because he thinks he needs to live in the same city as his future wife. Thought I had trained you better than that, my friend. No, I would be disturbed if you didn't. That would be weird. Right? Right? It's all for the glory of God. God says, you need to add to your love, knowledge, and discernment. It's hard work. Let me bring this to an end this, this morning. Um. Anybody here like gold? Gold? Y'all in? Anybody wish you had a few bars? Gold is valuable, isn't it? Do you know why it's valuable? Because it's hard work to get it. That's one of the reasons. I was thinking this morning, you know, if we could all get up in the morning, every morning and walk out in our front yard and just pick up nuggets of gold, would be worth a whole lot, would it? And I wonder if that's not part of the reason that God makes gaining the knowledge and discernment of him and the, and the things of God hard work. Things we've got to work for, we value. Right? I like to give steps, and I'm going to do this this morning. I started a, a little bit last week. Here are some steps. Here are some things you can do that will help you gain knowledge. First one I touched on last week, and it's what we have coming up in our Wednesday night Bible study Right now on Facebook Live, I hope sometime yet this year we'll be able to be back in person in small group format here at the church. I hope that will happen. But here's some of the things that we have coming up, if we can see that. We've got studies in Isaiah. We've got Gospel of Mark. We've got scriptures that are difficult to understand. We've got great prayers of the Bible. We've got letters from Peter and Jude. We've got defending the faith in our modern world. Those are the things that I already know this year in that order we're going to be studying you want to gain knowledge and discernment, that would be a great place and a great way to take some steps to do it. I've seen some of you in the last, last week, even. I know maybe you've been there for a while, and I just don't notice because I don't see everybody that's on the feed. I noticed we had some people on the feed I hadn't seen for a while, I hadn't, hadn't seen before, and that's awesome. makes me think maybe the maybe the sermon got through, maybe something connected. That's That's always good. But I want to give you this this, this morning as well, some practical steps. Here here are some scriptures that I would encourage you to invest your life in, okay? Now, I've got uh, six different areas of scripture up here, and I'm not telling you if you have this, you don't need to read the rest of the Bible. That's not what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you these are things that have impacted my life incredibly on a a very deep and profound basis. Read the book of James. And I don't mean just, y'all ever study for a test? Anybody here ever study for a test? You know, there's different ways to learn. I, Remy, I've studied for a test, and this is the way I study for my test. And don't do this. This is not good. I would I would wait to the very last minute that I could possibly do it. I would cram all that information. I would upload it as much as I could. I'd cram it into my brain. I'd go in. I'd take the test, try to pass the test. And as soon as I walked out of the test, everything that I had put in my brain, I would download. I would exit, and I wouldn't think about it again, and I would have forgot it. By the time I hit lunch hour, it was gone. Anybody, you ever? you guys ever do that? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about putting yourself into these passages, these books, these chapters, to the point that you know them, you understand them. That's one way to study. The other way I study is something that I really, um, I want to know for me. Because then I make it a part of who I am. James is a powerful book, man. It will impact how you live your life, how you treat your neighbor, how you treat the rich, how you treat the poor, how you treat people in the church. Matthew 5-7, through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, it is life-changing. You, you could invest your entire life just into understanding and incorporating, discerning, how to apply those principles Jesus taught to the, the, the day-to-day life that you live. 1 Corinthians 13, we looked at last week, it's the chapter on love. Galatians 5 is, an, is another one that's had a powerful impact on my life. The fruit of the Spirit in um, walking in the spirit. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 6 talks about husband and wife and raising children, powerful in proverbs. There's uh, 30 or 30, I think 31 chapters in proverbs. You can read a proverb a day and be through it every month. You can read it 12 times in a year. It, it talks about finance, it talks about money, it talks about evil, it talks about good. It talks about how you live your life. it talks about who your friends are. Those are things that I have invested my life in over the course of the last bunch of years. And I, and I still regularly go back to them, and they speak to how I live my life and how I handle situations that come up around me. Now, that's not everything. In fact, I'll just tell you, I, I don't know that there's any scriptures in there, maybe in Matthew, that specifically deal with the concept of salvation. That one's really important, and I would even say maybe the most important, those are, but those are more about how you live your life day-to-day, moment-to-moment, and, and work with people. Powerful. Love. Add to your love, knowledge, and discernment. And I'm gonna stop there, finish next week. Folks, I preach and I teach and I speak always with the goal of inspiring and bringing about change. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. I'm going to ask you to look into your life, your heart, your priorities, your day, your hours, where you invest your time, and give yourself an honest assessment this morning. Am I adding knowledge and discernment to my life? Because God wants to bless you, give you happiness, stability, joy, peace. God wants to pour out good things upon you and upon your family and your marriage and your children. And the key to all of that is knowledge and discernment. So I'm asking you this morning, look into your own heart for a moment. Are you adding knowledge and discernment? And if you're not this morning, I I challenge you, take some time today, maybe even right now in this instant, and ask yourself, what do I need to change to make this a part of my life? Read the Word of God in the mornings. Get on the Bible study on Wednesday nights. Dig into these scriptures and pour over them. Go a little deeper into the Word of God. Get a good commentary. What do I need to do to go deeper in my knowledge and my discernment? Because God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. And I want to see you. Father, I pray this morning over this congregation, over this family, over these individuals, these friends that you've given me the privilege to lead and to shepherd and to pastor. And I ask you this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to them, each one. Every one of us are at a different place. Every one of us have a place we need to go deeper. We need to go more serious. We, We need to add knowledge and discernment to our love. And I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, would you speak specifically to hearts today what needs to be done? And then give us the follow through to do it. My prayer this morning is this, Lord, for our blessing joy and peace and happiness and health upon your people as they continue to grow in you in Jesus name Amen, amen. Love you guys, God bless you um, Have a great week Have a great week Welcome to Souls Harbors weekly podcast We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ help them grow to be like Jesus and involve them in reaching lost people Listen now to this week's message.